Well, this is the finale of our series, the last week uh, that we've been calling Slaying Giants. And I don't know, this has been a really great series. Uh, I've grown a lot through it. I hope you have too. We've heard some incredible stories uh, back from the Valley family of just what God's been doing in their lives and and through your lives uh, and and through the life of our church and our community as a result of these giants we've been looking at. And, uh, you you know, one of the things I really love about Valley Christian Church, the Valley family, and I know I'm a little bit biased, uh, sometimes we call it the Valley Way, it is really that, that we're real people uh, trying not to be pretentious, take off our masks, come as you are, be real authentic, real people serving a real God, that God is real, he's not just a Sunday thing, he's a 365, you know, seven days a week, uh, weekend, week out, all the time thing, and, and really endeavoring and trying to live the life real life that Jesus came to give you and give me. And that's what this series is all about. And, and we try here on a regular basis at Valley, uh, you know, I try and the other pastors that do teaching and preaching, just to make it really, really practical because it's really easy to speak from the Bible to people's heads, but not necessarily engage their hearts. And, and sometimes, it, it, some churches do engage the head and the heart, but not the hands. And so we try week in and week out, to really make uh, the messages practical, not just for Sundays, but Monday through Saturday as well, the other six days. And and so that you're challenged, uh, you're uh, inspired to grow, and to really live the life practically and give you tools practically on how you can live the life that Jesus came to give you and give me. And, And boy, I can't think of a more practical message than you're about to hear right now as we look at this final giant and we talk about addiction. Now that being said, I want to give a big shout out to our uh, Poughkeepsie campus family. Awesome things happening in our Valley Poughkeepsie campus. So proud of every one of you, that setup team, all those that are serving. And then our online campus as well. Something to keep in mind if you're traveling this summer, catch our services. You don't have to be disconnected. Even with your toes in the sand, you can still catch Valley online community. And so I encourage you to do that. And so we're looking at this finale message now about addiction, addiction versus freedom. And, and let's look at Adam addiction. Uh, here he is, man, he's, he's got a lot of stuff going on here. First of all, a Band-Aid on the head because addiction's hurt, and, and he's got a ball and chain here, and here's some bottles of booze, some pills on the ground right here, and, and he's, he's weighed down. You can see him slumping over because of the weight of addiction. Uh, this is a good picture of Adam addiction. And that's what we want to talk about because uh, through this whole series, you know, we've been looking at all these different giants over the last, uh, this is, like I said, the sixth message uh, in this series. But when we talk about addiction, you know, we really need to name this addiction, not just in general, but specific addictions that that you and I are facing on a regular basis. Uh, We all have one. We have one issue, I believe. Every single one of us, kind of our Achilles heel, if you will, uh, that is really the giant issue for our life. It is the giant that maybe we slew, but we have to continue to slay week after week with the power of God in our lives and through our lives. It's kind of the tipping point when we have victory, once we gain victory over this Adam addiction in your life and in my life. And, and so uh, where we're in life, where we, we're slaves to these cycles, uh, uh, maybe it's substance, maybe it's substances, maybe it's people, uh, maybe it's practices that don't work, but deep inside of us, we really feel like I can't 
stop. I can't stop. And, and what I want to do by, by God's grace today is talk about how we can really slay this giant of Adam addiction. Uh, and, and instead of I can't stop, I haven't stopped yet. But by God's grace, I'm going to. And, and if we can just make that jump, it will be incredibly powerful because, again, we don't want to talk to your heads and just fill it full of Bible knowledge. We really want to speak right now to your hearts and to your hands and that you and I can actually change and find freedom because of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. So let's follow this same outline. If you have your Valley Christian Church app, go ahead and open it. We're going to follow these same three points that we've been looking at through this series. First of all, we need to see Adam addiction for who he really is. Then we need to slay him. And then how are we going to stay free? See, slay, stay. So we're going to work this same outline, but from the perspective of walking in freedom from addiction during our time together. And there's going to be a lot of real practical tools. Like I said, uh, you pretty much have in your notes, on your app there, my notes that I have in front of me. Because I wanted to do everything I could just to, to really give you the tools so that you and I can find freedom, see this giant of addiction slay this giant of Adam addiction, and then really stay free and walk in that freedom. So first of all, seeing this giant. Let's talk about how can we really see him for what he is. Specifically, I want to talk about the giant of everyday addictions. Everyday addictions. Uh, some of these are, are obvious addictions that we're going to look at, but, but some of them are not so obvious at all. But these are everyday addictions because the reality is this. You and I are all addicts. Every one of us, you and I are all addicts. We're addicted to something, someone, uh, some experience. Every one of us are, are addicts. And I think that's going to, and maybe you're saying, hey, whoa, whoa, Greg, what are you talking about? Uh, I, I think it'll be much, much clearer as we work our way through the outline. Uh, this is really, uh, could I put it this way, the human nature that God created us with. We're going to be addicted. There's going to be our go-to person, our go-to thing to, to find comfort in this life when difficulty comes. The problem is we're addicted to the wrong things, or we're addicted to the wrong person. And so we're all addicts. All of us are a slave to everyday addictions. These are cycles and substances and people and practices that don't work. We want to stop, but, but we, we can't stop. Hey, let me, I just made a list, and, and it's pretty long actually, just off the top of my head, of things that we can be addicted to. You can be addicted to almost anything. Try the drugs, alcohol, gambling, nicotine, food, caffeine, sugar, sex, pornography, work, workaholic, it's an addiction, perfectionism, codependency, approval of others, worry, spending, Retail therapy, shopping, it's an addiction, especially when you don't have the money. Uh, watching television, how many hours and hours a day do we watch television, movies, video gaming, exercise, you can be addicted to exercise, sports, romance novels, money, accumulation, success, religion, trying to earn our way to God, be good enough, religion. You can be addicted to email, just, just fear of missing out, constantly checking your phone, even though it's not 
showing that anything is actually happening. Internet, cell phones, social media, power. Do you know that it's humanly possible to actually become addicted to water? That, that you can drink too much water, it's possible. It's an addiction and, and actually to the point of death that, that medical science calls this hyponatremia where you actually drink so much water that your kidneys can't handle it anymore and they begin to shut down. People kill themselves by drinking too much water. You could be addicted to anything. I, I mean, you like to think that you're immune to the stuff. Oh, yeah. But closer to the truth, I say, you can't get enough. You're going to have to face it. You're addicted to love. You could be addicted to love. You could be addicted to love that huge hit, mega hit in the 80s by Robert Palmer. You can be addicted to those feelings of butterflies and you're in a relationship, but as soon as it normalizes into a deep relationship of friendship and you don't feel the butterflies, you move on because you can't commit to a long-term relationship. You're addicted to love, just the beginning stages of it. You can be addicted to anything. And this is what's so important for us to see this giant for who he really is, Adam addiction. It's not a character flaw or simply a lack of willpower. Addiction is not a character flaw or simply a lack of willpower. What do you mean there, Greg? I mean this. If you believe that addiction is a character flaw or a lack of willpower, you're likely not to ever reach out to get the help that you need because you feel like there's something dysfunctional, there's something wrong with you inside. But if you, if, 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 you, if you believe that it's a, it's a character flaw or, or a lack of willpower, you'll think there's something wrong and you won't reach out. But if you really understand it's not a character flaw, it's not a lack of willpower, then, then you'll reach out and you'll get the help that you really need instead of covering up and concealing and feeling guilty and feeling ashamed uh, and, and running away from the help if you think it's a character flaw or some sort of lack of willpower. See, addictions are based on repetitive behavior, inherited or, or sometimes they're learned, and, and then stored up in the deep regions of our brain. The process, this process is really essential for survival, that, that it goes deep into our brain to the point that like, it's not like we even think about it necessarily because it's just been programmed over and over and over and over again through habit. Just recently, my uh, we're having a discussion at dinner with, with my, my family, my wife, and my three girls were there, uh, all home for the summer. And um, one of my daughters said to me, she's like, Dad, you've, you've worked at the same place for 28 years. She's like, I just can't even imagine that. Of course, she's not even 28 years old, uh, early 20s. And, uh, and, and she said, you know, driving the same way to work day after day after day after day for years. She goes, that must be so boring. I said, honest to goodness, I don't even think about it. I mean, I literally don't even think about it because my brain has so been trained the last 17 years we've lived where we live in Poughkeepsie that, that I'm on, it's like autopilot. It's almost like a robot is driving a car. I don't even, I can think about all kinds of other stuff. I never have to actually think and then I'm just here in the church parking lot and walk inside. That, that's, that's like the level of where addictions go. That, that through rep repetition over and over and over again, it's like we don't even think about them any longer. And so we need to see Adam addiction for who he really is. And, and maybe, may, maybe that list that I just gave, maybe that's like, yep, that's mine. That, that's where I'm at. And what I want to say is this. There's great, great hope for you and for me 
no matter what it is, whether I listed it or it's something else. Great hope because of Jesus Christ. So how are we going to slay this, this giant of Adam addiction? Adam addiction. First of all, we need to understand the cycle of everyday addictions. Understand the cycle of everyday addictions. Look at what Romans chapter 6 says, and it's pretty interesting. really speaks right to this whole issue of behaviors that we become enslaved to, addicted to, things that we become addicted to. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 and 18. Don't you realize that when you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey, initially, it wasn't just this habit. Initially, we made a bad choice. We made it that that's going to be my go-to person. That's going to be my go-to, the way I'm going to, you know, the therapy the, the, my, my, my coping mechanism. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? And that's what these giants want us to obey them. Adam addiction wants you to obey him, wants me to obey him. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God. And that's, that's how we're going to slay this giant of Adam addiction. You can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living, the life that you and I were created to live. Real people, real powerful God, and living the real life that God created you to me, you and me, to live. Thank God. This is really great news. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching that we have given to you. This is powerful stuff we're looking at right now. It goes on and says, now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Just, just, you can almost change that word, addicted to sin, change that word slavery. You, you, were, you, you were addicted to sin, now you can become addicted to right living. See, every one of us has an addiction. Every one of us does. The, the question is, is it an addiction that pleases God, like him being first, that he's our go-to, or do we substitute going to God first in times of trouble, in times of pressure, in times of stress, in times of boredom, in times of uncertainty? Or do we go to someone else or something else in place of God? Now you're free from addiction to sin, and you have become addicted to righteous living. That's what God wants for you and for me. All addictions follow the same cycle. All addictions follow the same cycle. First of all, the cycle meets a need or serves a purpose or we would not repeat it. The cycle serves a need or a purpose or we wouldn't repeat it. In other words, it gives us some level of just taking the pressure off a little bit, just coping or, or we wouldn't feel like that we need it. And, and as soon as we discover what that one thing is or who that is, then we repeat that next time and we repeat that the next time. And so over time, the cycle becomes hardwired in our brain through reward and repetition. Any addiction, every addiction, there's some sort of, even if it's just momentary, there's some sort of momentary high, some sort of momentary relief from, from the pain, from the hurt, from the thing that drives us to it. Over time, the cycle becomes hardwired in our brains and through reward and repetition. And so here's really the cycle here. 
we have some sort of trigger. Maybe it's press, maybe it's uh, pressure, maybe it's stress, uh, un- uncertainty, uh, loss of a job, uh, health crisis, whatever it is. A- and then we have some sort of response. Okay, I just can't think about that right now. I need something to distract me because I can't deal with the pain, the hurt, the heartache of that right now. And so I look to something or someone else to distract me. And you know what? It does give me a sense of relief for just a moment or, or maybe for an hour or, or maybe a couple hours or something like that. And, and so because it, something triggered it, negative, or, or sometimes it's just like boredom, negative, uh, and, and we, we turn to something else and then we feel a sense of relief, a sense of distraction from what that issue is, it rewards us. And you know what? Next time that trigger happens, we're going to go right back to it again. And we just repeat this cycle over and over and over again. And it gets hardwired deeper and deeper and deeper into our minds. It's amazing how God created our minds, that we can actually do that, that, that it becomes so hardwired, like driving from my home to this church day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that now I don't even think about it. Well, actually, I have to think about it a little bit because they're putting up some new uh, traffic lights and all that, so, so it's a little fresher in my mind than normal, but that kind of got me thinking about it, you know, the fact that I don't think about it most of the time. But now that they're doing the road work, it might take me an, a, another few months or a year, but then I won't have to think about that anymore. And, and so this is the cycle. Here's the big secret. We're talking about slaying Adam addiction. Here's the big secret. Your problem's not your problem. Your addiction is not your problem. It's not my problem. Your solution to your problem is your problem. What's the solution? How do we break the cycle? Because even though most addictions feel there's some sense of relief or reward on the front end, ultimately they enslave us. We become addicted, just like we saw there in Romans chapter 6, to sin. We can choose out of it because of the power of God in our life as a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. We have a choice. Those without Christ don't have a choice. They're slave to sin. The only thing that breaks that is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. But we have a choice, and we choose so many times, too many times, to walk back into addiction. It's just like that picture uh, of Adam addiction with the ball and chain. It's like we, we're free from that, and we walk right back in, and we clamp that shackle around our ankle again by choice. By choice. So your problem is not your problem. Your solution to your problem is really the problem. What is it that drives all addictions? It's a good question. What is it that drives all addictions? Using the wrong person or thing to meet a right need or desire. Using the wrong person or thing to meet the right desire. Well, what are you talking about, Greg? You know, when things are tough, there's a, that's a good desire that I have pressure and I have stress uh, and I have problems in my life. No, just, just hang on just a minute. It'll become a lot clearer in just a second. Because here's the thing. Life is tough. As a Christian, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, as a follower of Christ, my life just gets perfect. Not at all. Not in a long shot. When you read the pages of, of the New Testament, especially, or even the Old Testament, followers of God, people who had faith in God, went through some really tough times. Life on this planet is extremely difficult. And that's why we've got to learn how to use the right person to meet the right needs and desires when the pressure's on, when the heartbreak comes, when, when times of boredom. No matter what the situation, 
instead of using the wrong person or thing to meet the right need or the desire. We've got to turn to God. In the midst of the pain, the uncertainty, the heartbreak, the boredom, the disappointment, we've got to learn to turn to God. That's how we slay this giant. That's how we stay free. You know, we've been talking about giants and looking at really uh, the nation of Israel when they're about to go into the promised land and when Joshua sent the 12 spies into the promised land. Uh, I'm sorry, when Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised land and, and Joshua was one of, one of them. The 10 spies came back with a bad report and they were like, man, there are giants in that land and two spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a good report, said, we should do this. Uh, We, together, we should go up and do this. We can be victorious. This is the land that God's promised to us. And and even though they're giants in the land, we can be victorious because of God. He's with us. And and, uh, we've talked about some of the rest of the story there in the earlier parts of this series. You know, it's not the only time that there were giants. David also, you know, most of us know that story. David fought Goliath. It's very interesting, that story even, that uh, when David killed Goliath, David was a shepherd boy, and the whole nation of Israel, the armies were all gathered, uh, and on the other side were all the Philistines, and they sent out their champion. They sent out their champion, Goliath. He's a giant, head and shoulders above everyone else. And he said, you send out your champion Israelites and let us just do hand-to-hand combat and whoever wins is going to win that'll be the, the victorious nation and none of the Israelites were willing to go and then David was come, he came to bring some food to his older brothers that were in the army the shepherd boy and he goes and he goes I'll fight Goliath what David goes down there and you know the rest of the story story with uh, with a slingshot and stone Whew. Hits Goliath in the head, drops, takes a sword, cuts off his head. Amazing story. In that story, David is the champion. And he slays Goliath, that giant. In the story of your life and my life, you and I are not David. You and I are standing up on the hill scared to death. Jesus is David. Jesus is the champion. And that's why we've got to look to Jesus Christ to slay this giant. Because we're standing up on the hill, the mountain, looking down in the valley as Jesus has taken a few smooth stones in his slingshot. See, David, in that sense, was a type of Jesus Christ. He came to win the battle for you. He came to be your champion. He came to be my champion. Champion over every giant, any giant. Champion over Adam addiction. Because what have we done? We've used the wrong person or thing to meet a right need or desire. That that we need someone to fight these battles, but instead we, we just get distracted and we try to veer off and not think about it by filling our lives with these destructive cycles. The wrong person or the wrong thing. Instead of recognizing this desire in our heart for real freedom, to, to not have to, 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 to have a healer, a champion in our lives that will go to war for us, go to battle for us, he already did, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
That's how we slay this giant. How are we going to stay free? How are we going to stay free? Well, in Exodus chapter 20, God made it really, really clear. You shall have no other gods before me. And functionally, this giant of addiction is another god in our life. Because anything or anyone we go to before going to God functionally is our God. And God said, you'll have no other gods before me. Don't do it, because you know what? You'll be enslaved to them. You put me first, you'll find freedom. You put anyone or any other thing first, you will find bondage, addiction. You'll be enslaved. And so, first thing we need to do if we're going to stay free is this. We need to ask Three things here are under staying free. First of all, we need to ask. We need to learn to look to God first and most for everything that we need. Look to God first and most for everything that we need. Not to reach out for the pills or the bottle or the porn or, or the romance novel or the retail therapy. None of those things are really going to help us. None of those things are going to distract us. We need to learn to look to God first and most for everything that we need. And, and practically, I just you know, want to put it this way. We need to lower, lower your threshold, lower your God threshold. Lower your God threshold. In other words, I've met too many people in my life that like, hey, I'll handle all the small stuff. When stuff really gets tough, then I'll turn to God. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? Not very good. It's not a very good plan. Instead, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You'll find rest for your soul. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly or quiet in spirit. We need to lower our God threshold that, that when we feel this trigger inside, let it trigger us going to Jesus instead of going to whoever or whatever we look for for just a little bit of coping or comfort. Lower your God threshold. Here's the second thing. We need to understand all addictive cycles start with idolatry. No matter what that is, all addictive cycles, really it starts with idolatry. In other words, instead of God is my go-to, Jesus Christ is my go-to, we go to someone else or something else, and that functionally is idolatry, having another God ahead of God, before God, putting other people or things in front of him or before him, instead of going to Jesus when we feel that trigger inside of us. Matthew chapter 7 it's really where I got these three points from, ask, seek, and knock. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, keep on asking. Ask, persevere, persevere, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. What is the door? In this case, what we're talking about today, I believe that door is freedom, freedom from addiction, staying free from Adam addiction. Seek, ask, ask, learn to look to God first and, and most for everything that you need. And here's the second thing, seek Seek, Jesus says. There's a hidden benefit to your addictive cycle. 
There, there's a hidden benefit to it. And, and by that I mean this, if, if we can just see this cycle, this trigger, let it turn to Jesus. Let it push us to Jesus. Why is it that we go to these other things? Because God created us inside with that need. We need him. We need him desperately. And so seek, what, what, why is it that when I feel pressure, when I feel stress, this is what I do? Maybe I just check out mentally. Maybe I just turn on the TV. Maybe I just you know, just bury myself in a book with earbuds in. What, what, why do I do that instead of going to God? Seek, there's a hidden benefit to your addictive cycle. And this is so important, I, I, I think. Uh, we need to non-judgmentally step back and look at our everyday addiction. Just take a step back. Why do I do what it is that I do? Why does it feel like I can't stop this? What, what is it that's pushing me? What are the times? What are the trigger points that, that, that over the course of time I've mentally has been hardwired into my mind? Be non-judgmental. Just step back and look at the everyday addiction that you're struggling with. Here's the second thing. Identify the need or the fear behind that trigger that's giving it power. Identify the need or the fear that's behind that, that trigger that's giving it power. So that when you, you can actually see it, when the trigger comes, instead of just walking and just one more time around the mountain, one more time through the cycle, that we can break the cycle by the Holy Spirit's power. Again, Jesus is the champion. Greg's not the champion. You're not the champion. If you could do it on your own, you'd be free already. You'd be free already. And so identify the need and the fear behind the trigger that's giving it the power. We need to ask Jesus says, keep on asking. He says, keep on seeking. And then the third thing, keep on knocking. Knock. Don't give up until the doorway to freedom has opened to you. Don't give up. Do you, you know what one of the, one of the most uh, underrated uh, characters of Jesus Christ is, I believe this, the, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? Perseverance. Because it's not, I don't know how, it's, it's, it's not sexy, man. It's not sexy just doing the right thing day after day after day after day. But man, there is nothing that cultivates the character of Jesus Christ like perseverance. Perseverance in the, in the face of uncertainty. Perseverance in the, sake of, in the face of pain. Perseverance, you know, no matter what the pressure is, just keep on keeping on. Don't stop. Don't give up until the doorway to freedom has opened for you. Don't give up. How do we do that? Well, first, reach out for whatever help is needed. Find your, I like to put it, find your me too people. Find your me too people. See, remember, none of us are going to beat these things, these giants by ourselves. We need others around us. That, that when we're starting to share what our struggle is and all, someone says, me too. I feel the same way. Just like how powerful it was that we talked about, we did a whole series of me too. Because, you know, again, and, and most churches aren't going to talk about that, but we just feel like, man, we, we just need to speak where people are living instead of just going on to the next passage next week. And so 
Me too. Find your me too people. That's why small groups are so important. Jesus is the model of that. That's why here at Valley, we have over 30, I think it's like 38 small groups. 38 small groups where, where people can come and they can begin to focus on, in a short-term group, uh, uh, some sort of a specific topic, or, or in community groups that they're, they're sharing their lives together for six months at a time. We just finished a, a men's small group. Uh, I, I love it called 33. And in fact, I've got my little challenge coin right here because I completed the class and all the men that, got, uh, that completed the class got one of these and 20 men or so. And, and I love this because you know what? That we discover in there, and I've grown even as a pastor, as a man, as a husband, as a father uh, in that small group. That's why it's so important to me to take six weeks, six Saturdays in a row out of my busy schedule. I don't have time for it, but I need to do this. I need to do this, that we can start sharing what it means and the challenges, and we can look to Jesus Christ. That's why it's called 33, his 33 years on earth. We can look to Jesus Christ as our example of what it means to be a man. And you know what we discovered? Me too. Me too. That, that's what I'm struggling with as a husband. That's what I'm struggling with as a father. That's what I'm struggling with as a friend. That's what I'm struggling with as a lover. Me too, me too. And so men, let me just tell you, it was, it was phenomenal time and, and we'll restart that in the fall again. Our, our 33 men's group, I invite all the men, boy, we can, I've grown as your leader and, and I'm not saying that self-serving. My wife said that to me. She said, I've seen you change over the last six weeks. Me too. It's so important. Reach out for whatever help is needed. Find your me too people. That's why small groups are, are not just a, a side thing we do here at Valley. They're actually the core of the Valley family, our small groups, sharing life together. Because there's power. We can defeat these giants, not isolated, not looking at the back of someone's head on a Sunday morning. That won't do it. That won't do it. We can fill time. We can fill notebooks full of notes. That won't bring freedom to us. It's when we start to share our lives with one another. Find your me too. See, the power of your giant is cut in half when you bring it into the light of grace and truth. How do you bring it into the light of grace and truth? It's when you open up to another Christian and say, this is what I'm going through. And so many times they turn around and say, me too. Me too. Now let's walk through, the, let's slay this giant together. It's powerful. So powerful. Remember Joshua and Caleb, when they brought their report back, they said, we should go up and take the land. Not individually. Can I put it this way? Christianity is not an individual sport. <laughs> it's not an individual thing. It's a group thing. It's a group thing. Here's the second thing. Give yourself grace while you rewire what's been hardwired in your life. Just give yourself grace while you rewire what's been hardwired in your life. Don't, don't make excuses about it. Make no plans, no intentions of, of going back to that coping mechanism, to that addiction. Don't, don't, don't make any allowances for it. But if you stumble, get back up. Turn to Jesus. Ask for him to forgive you. He will. And focus back on him. Like we talked about last week, so important. Focus what we're focused on. See, here's the thing, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, I love this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire, watch this now, and the power 
God wants to give you the power. God wants to give me the power for what? To do what pleases him. He wants it. It's an inside job. That's why beginning in July 8th, for two months, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. All about the Holy Spirit. And man, I invite you, it's going to be practical. It's going to be powerful. We're calling this series, The Father, the Son, and the Other One. Because so many times as Christians, we don't fully understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going to be talking about that's the power. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I I mean, as a follower of Jesus Christ, let me just give you a little preview. It eliminates the ability for you and I to say, well, I'm only human. (laughs) I'm only human. I can't help myself. Yeah, you can. The Holy Spirit can help you. You have power available to you that that someone that doesn't know Christ as their Savior does not have available to them. God wants to give you, giving you the desire and the power to actually do what pleases him, actually obey him. I heard it put this way. I, I love this. Feel what you feel, but do what it is God wants you to do. Feel what you feel. And so many times we have these feelings and this pull towards these addictions and this cycle and these triggers and all this stuff going on. Feel what you feel, but do what God wants you to do. God gives me the power. God gives you the power by his Holy Spirit to do what really pleases him. See, addiction is not, a, not necessarily a bad thing as long as we reroute our cravings to something or someone that's good. Who, who is that? It's not something, it's someone, it's Jesus Christ. What if we became addicted to Jesus? What if, 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 if he became our coping mechanism? We turn to him. We, we turn to the one that's going to give us the power to do what pleases him, not what pleases ourselves. What if we stopped coping and concealing and instead we started running in the direction of Christ? We ran to Jesus Christ. What if we rerouted our thinking to be addicted, watch this now, to God's grace instead of all those other things that we try to put ahead of him in our life? That we became addicted to God's grace. That that, that not a day goes by and we're like, you know what? I just don't feel like I've connected with God yet. You know, just like just working out. People work out all the time. It's like, mmm, they get all kind of all uptight and answer. Ah, I haven't worked out yet today. It just feels like I'm off. Something's not right. What if we what if we got addicted to God's grace like that? Well, we just can't even go through a 24-hour period ever without connecting with God through prayer or through reading his word or, or, or through attending a small group where we're sharing our life with other Christians. And we're walking and we're, we're walking together. We're living out the teachings of Jesus Christ and how we can challenge and inspire one another to become more and more like Jesus on a regular basis. Let me encourage you in the summer, don't, uh, don't make your small group commitment at Valley Christian Church, don't, don't make it number four or five on the priority. Make it number one. Don't just blow it off because it's summer because you know what's going to happen? All kinds of problems come fall. So important. So important. Think about it for a minute. Jesus died isolated, but you and I fight for our freedom in groups. Jesus died isolated for you and for me. Our champion. David was isolated when he went down into the valley to fight Goliath. Our champion. 
Jesus was isolated. But you and I fight for our freedom in groups. Just like Joshua and Caleb, we can go up and take that land. Take the promised land. Let me end with this passage. It's incredibly powerful, and then I want to pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, talking about weakness. Paul here is talking about a weakness that he has in his life, a thorn in the flesh he talks about. Look at what he says, because it's, it's key to flipping this whole idea of addiction, that we become addicted to God. Put him first. Each time, he said, as, as, as Paul is praying, God, remove this thorn in the flesh from me. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness, not concealing it, not covering it up, but coming clean to Christ in our weakness. Paul says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. I don't conceal them. I don't cover them up. But instead, I come to Christ with my weaknesses and say, God, I am struggling. I need your help, Jesus. And it goes on and it says, and in the insults and the hardships and the persecution, all these, what are all these? They're triggers. These are triggers. In insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ, all these troubles, all, all these triggers that I could go to all different, I could go to the pills, I could go to the bottle, I could go to the porn, I could go to the mall. I could go to all these things, but instead I go to Christ. I go to Christ with my weaknesses. I put him first, and I find freedom in that. So much so, he goes on and he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I admit my weakness, don't cover or try to conceal, when I come to Christ, then Christ gives me the strength. And so he says, you know what? I'm excited and I am proud and I am loud about my weaknesses. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. It's not through his strength, it's through the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, in your life and my life, that we're going to be talking about July and August. We can slay this giant of Adam addiction, not on our own, but together, by the power of the Holy Spirit, turning to Jesus Christ, becoming addicted to God's grace as we look to him first, instead of any other thing, any other person. And we can walk in the freedom that Jesus bought for us through his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, first of all, we ask you to forgive, you, forgive us as your children. Forgive us, Lord, when we've replaced you as first and foremost in our lives. Forgive us, God. We, we just ask you just clean us up. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And, and Father, we just pray right now that you would help us as we walk from this place in the next few days and weeks and months, Lord, to rewire those habits in our lives as we turn to Jesus Christ first and most. 
Lord, may we become addicted to your goodness, to your grace, to your forgiveness, to your mercy, to your compassion. And Lord, may we, may we even just, just disturb us, Lord, inside when, when we go a day without connecting with you. Through your word, through prayer, through other people that love you and, and that relationship, those circles that you placed us in. Father, thank you there's always hope. And thank you, Lord, that we can find real freedom even from addiction in our lives because of the power of Jesus Christ. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to pray, lead you in a prayer. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's where this power comes from. Not the power to be perfect, the power that we can have victory and freedom in our lives because of Jesus Christ's power. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I always want to pray right now, a prayer that, that, that you can just repeat after me and just open your heart to Jesus right now if you've never done that before and, and invite him to be your Lord and Savior today, just as the word says. He'll come in and he'll begin to give you that power and strength as you pursue your relationship with him just like he's been pursuing you and fill you with the power to overcome these things that we've talked about, addictions and and all the different challenges to walk victoriously through these struggles in this life. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be first. I want to turn to you first. I want to turn to you the most. Jesus, I ask you to guide me, lead me, direct me from this day forward. I put my life in your hands, and I trust you. Amen. Amen.